rye ice. A talking snowman. The audacity of men. Hear all about sister girl power today on the, the Twins, Twins on Tour, Tour podcast. podcast. Hi, I'm Julie Book. I'm Jenny Bradley. And this is the, the Twins, Twins on Tour, Tour podcast. podcast. And we are wrapping up season one. Woo! You with, made it. You made it. You survived listening to us this long. We still will have one more episode after this, recapping the season and ranking things. But today we are reviewing our final show of the season, which was Disney's Frozen. It's a little show no one's ever heard of before. Yeah, made from a little movie that no one's ever heard of. No one of. saw it. Yeah. No one saw it. Really, really, this is, you know, indie stuff today, yes. guys. Yes, for sure. This was our last one from the Key Bank Broadway series. Yeah, we saw it Tuesday, August 16th, and we saw it at the State Theater. So it was in the big one because this was a big seller for Playhouse Square, probably. We were in the big one. We're in the beginning with lots of children. It's really important to note at the beginning of any review of a Disney show that Disney is a machine. Yeah. Back in the 90s when Broadway was really struggling to even stay afloat, Disney bought the New Amsterdam Theater in New York and basically saved Broadway. Mm -hmm. First they put out Beauty and the Beast, which was a huge huge hit on Broadway. They basically copied and pasted the movie mm -hmm. onto the stage. It was a huge success for them. They followed that up with The Lion King, which was so revolutionary on the Broadway stage back in the day that, I mean, it won everything. It was like the Hamilton of the 90s. It's still running today. That's how you know that that's a lasting, staying, powerful show, yeah. that it's still running today, even after the recession in 08 and the COVID shutdown and everything like that. The Lion King still makes millions of dollars Yeah, each week. it's consistently still in the top five or six shows mm -hmm. by gross and by uh, ticket sales. Yeah. yeah. Every single week, and it opened in what ninety seven, yeah, something like that. Something yeah, like it was that. in the nineties. Yeah, Disney is a machine. Yeah, you'll hear us talk about this. We've seen The Lion King when it came on tour mm -hmm. before COVID hit, and we also saw Aladdin a few years ago again before COVID hit. And Disney is such a powerhouse in every form of entertainment. They literally have unlimited budgets. Yeah, I mean. The Cave of Wonders set from Aladdin is the most beautiful set piece I have ever seen. Same here. There's nothing wrong with that set. And I think, spoiler alert, Elsa's Ice Palace is a very close second. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, they have all the money in the world to put into their shows, and gosh darn it, they do. They do. And you, they're more expensive to go see as a result, but God, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. These are shows that are marketed towards families, towards people with kids. Mm -hmm. But they really do put things in this show that adults who are not there with children like us can enjoy. Mm -hmm. It was a very enjoyable night at the theater. So, like we said, Frozen, it is a musical produced by Disney Theatrical Productions. They have their own arm of Disney now, the Theatrical yeah. Productions alone. It has music by Kirsten Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, and Jennifer Lee wrote the book. They are the people who did the music and the screenplay for Frozen mm -hmm. and Frozen 2, won Oscars, all that stuff. And it's based on the 2013 film of the same name. The story centers on the relationship between two sisters who are princesses, Elsa and Anna, Elsa has magical ice powers, and she can freeze objects and stuff, and she doesn't know how to control her powers. And Anna's a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> so she herself has issues. Yes. And Anna's a ginger. In January 2014, only two months after the initial release of Frozen the movie, Bob Iger, who was CEO of the Walt Disney Company at the time, came out with a statement saying Disney Theatrical Productions was already developing Frozen mm -hmm. as a stage musical. That is the quickest turnaround considering we still haven't gotten the professional Hercules Broadway show. Oh my gosh. I it's finally what? coming, I think. Oh my gosh, thank goodness, because yeah, why is there not a Hercules yet? 
Thomas Schumacher, who was the president of Disney Theatrical Group, came out and said they were talking about turning this into a Broadway show before the movie even came out. They knew it was going to be as big of a hit as it was, Mm -hmm. which is surprising to me because I used to work at a movie theater. I was working at a movie theater at this time. I don't remember seeing one preview for Frozen before it came out. Me neither. The poster we had was very simple. It had no characters on it. It was a snowflake and it said Frozen Thanksgiving. Like, I don't remember any marketing for this movie and it became such a hit. I remember, yeah, we went and saw it over Christmas break Mm -hmm. while we were in college because we, you know, heard all the hype about it. But yeah, I don't remember it being very advertised either. Yeah. Anderson Lopez, then when they were starting to develop this into a musical, was like, well, we wrote seven and a half songs for the movie. We've written 23 for a musical now. This took a couple years to produce. In April 2016, so a couple years after they initially announced that it was going to come to Broadway, it was reported that Betsy Wolf had been cast as Elsa. And the musical's first developmental lab was held over two weeks in May of 2016, with Betsy Wolf playing Elsa, mm-hmm. Patty Murin playing Anna, Okaret Anadawan as Kristoff, and Greg Hildreth as Olaf. In September 2016, Disney announced that Michael Gandridge, who did Frost Nixon on Broadway and the Evita revival in 2012 with Ricky Martin, would be directing. Peter Darling, who did the choreography for Billy Elliot, was going to choreograph Frozen. And Stephen Ormus, who did Avenue Q, would be the music supervisor. Sets and costume design by Christopher Oram, who did Evita as well. Lighting by Natasha Katz. And puppets by Michael Curry, because they do have some really interesting puppet work in this mm-hmm. show. The pre-Broadway tryout ran at the Buell Theater in Denver, Colorado. That seems to be a favorite place for Disney to do pre-Broadway ones. I know they did Little Mermaid there Mm -hmm. as well in Denver. It ran from August 17th to October 1st of 2017, but Cassie Levy had actually taken over the role of Elsa from Betsy Wolf. That would have been a super interesting, like, Betsy Wolf has a really good voice. She does. Yeah. Patty Murin stayed on as Anna. The rest of the cast included Jelani Aladdin as Kristoff, Greg Hildreth stayed on as Olaf, and John Riddle as Prince Hans. A reported 30% of the show was rewritten between Denver and the Broadway opening, with the musical saying it needed to aim at a more adult audience as well, because like we said, it's not all kids who come to see these shows. Mm -hmm. The previews on Broadway took place at the St. James Theater in February of 2018. The official opening was on March 22nd of 2018. The onstage technology that was really famous for this show, all of Elsa's magic, has a lot of special effects, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a bit, was so cool. The other thing that really was, like, a smash hit was the costume for the reindeer Sven. Yeah. It's actually played by, usually, it's a ballet dancer who is on stilts and on point, which means they're on their tiptoes for the entirety of the time they are playing Mm -hmm. Sven. It was super interesting. That role was so tiring so quickly for the original actor and dancer playing Sven, they had to cast a second person, and they basically just alternated days and shows, so that way, like, the guy wouldn't die from exhaustion, because, like... I couldn't imagine. He's on point that entire time. So if anyone has seen The Lion King, they know that that still worked. That's what The Lion King is known for. That's when mm-hmm. the animals came to life on stage. They did something very similar with Sven in Frozen. Absolutely. It was really cool. And the costume itself was cool because it, like, it moved and it looked like fur. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't how the Olaf costume was because Olaf is a puppet as well. And you can see the actor playing Olaf behind there. Yeah. The Sven costume is different. It's not a copy-paste from the movie character like Olaf was. 
it kind of it looks similar to one the Lion King was like it's there's a like paper mache but it looks like fur and like mm-hmm. it looks like a real animal not the animated version of the animal which yeah. is really cool to see absolutely yeah the puppet work they did the choices they made was really interesting for Olaf they took inspiration from Japanese theater where you can fully see the character actor <laughs> playing the part. The guy who plays Olaf is there and he's got like a stocking cap on and he's dressed in like all white, like Nordic clothes. Like mm-hmm. he looks like he's dressed like a character, but he's fully doing the puppeteering. You can see him doing it. You can see his facial expressions the whole time. It was really interesting because after a while you weren't really noticing him as much as you were noticing I was watching Olaf the puppet, the puppet more, which yeah. is what Disney wanted us to see. They wanted us to see the puppet and that's exactly yeah, what I was watching. Yeah, it's a super interesting choice. And then for Sven, like she said, it was a complete 180 different kind of puppet. So mm-hmm. that's why the puppet work was so renowned in this show. Mm-hmm. It was it made a big splash on Broadway when it opened. The production on Broadway played 825 performances and 26 previews at the St. James, ending on March 11th, 2020, when everything was shut down due to COVID. On May 14th of 2020, Disney Theatrical Productions announced that Frozen would not be reopening after the pandemic. Disney was running three shows at that point. They were running Aladdin, Lion King, and Frozen. And while Frozen was making 80 to 90% of its box office goals every week, that was the least of the three Disney shows. So they went, you know what? Opening back up after a pandemic, however long this lasts, we want to make sure we're making as much money as possible because, you know, it's not like Disney's not making money. <laughs> so they were like, we're just going to ax Frozen, put it on the road. It'll be great. We go into this performance that we saw on the road. And for theater lovers, we did have someone who we were really, really, really excited to see. Caroline Bowman. Yeah. You may know her as Elphaba on Broadway. If anyone here is a dork like us and watches all the Broadway.com vlogs, if you saw Carol Lindsay's Think Pink, Caroline was her Elphaba when she was Glinda. I know, and she seems so cool. She seems so nice and so cool. Yeah, so yeah. we were very excited when the news came out in, I think it was 2019, mm-hmm. that Caroline Bowman was going to be playing Elsa on the tour of Frozen. And God damn it, did she deliver. She did. We'll get more to her in a little bit. The show actually, when we went in, the opening curtain, like usually like I know like for waitress, they have like a pie looking curtain up or like mm-hmm. the prom had the glitter one. Frozen immediately was like, haha, we're Disney. We can afford fun things. They had a computerized screen. Yeah. Which was showing, it looked like the Northern Lights and because this frozen. is set up North. Yeah. And it was like frozen. Yeah. like And you could hear all these like rushing wind sounds mm-hmm. and yeah, like, it was like super wolves AM- howling. Yeah. And- super ASMR. Yeah. yeah. It was great. But they did do something really cute before the show. And because yes, this is a kid's show. They were selling stuffed animals of all the characters, mm-hmm. but they made an announcement before the show. Like, oh, turn off your cell phones. Oh, I'm going like, to cry when you talk about this. It's so it, cute. it made us both tear up. Yeah. They were like, can everyone please give a round of applause for everyone seeing their But yeah, so that was a really nice little message. Like, Mm -hmm. it was super cute because that is, like, a huge thing. Like, we talked about things that we really liked about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with all the negatives that were in it was that we got to take our nephew to his first show, and that that was super special. So that was really cute that they did something like that. They acknowledged, like, yes, kids see this show. You got a lot of kids here. You got a lot of kids here. Yeah, so the show opens up you pretty much the same as the movie you meet the family you see the kids do you want to go snowman although i will point out and we can talk about it now too it points out that somehow elsa and anna's mother the queen has family or somehow relative to the trolls oh yes the way they did the trolls in this show i love in the movie they're like cute little rocks almost yeah i loved them yeah they They were were so cute cute. but yeah clearly they can't do that with human beings here in the show So their costumes were really cool. I mean, they were very Earth-inspired. They looked mossy still, like Mm -hmm. all that stuff. 
but they had these things where their eyes were, they had lights for their eyes mm-hmm. and around their necks for necklaces. So like when you're first seeing the trolls, they're coming from the darkness. So all you see are their eyes that are lit up and the necklaces that they're wearing. And it looked so cool. Like that sounds really simple. I can't justify it as much. But I loved the work they did with the trolls because it immediately made them look ethereal. It made them look magic because when they came on stage immediately, the like Papa Troll and Mama Troll, who were the two lead trolls, when they came on stage, you knew, okay, these are full grown adult people playing trolls, but their costumes looked so ethereal and magical and earth inspired, like with the lights and everything that it looked so cool that you're like, okay, like these could be magic people. Yeah, and one thing, too, it kind of made sense, too, because the trolls were supposed to be, you know, like, you hear, like, the stories, like, the the trolls Mm -hmm. live under the bridge, like, they're scary. So the lights kind of, at first, it was like, this is kind of creepy, but then, Mm -hmm. like, you they kind of, like, were, like, doing their little dance and stuff, you're like, okay, this is kind of cool, I'm vibing with it, but yeah. So at first, like, you could see some of the kids in the audience were a little bit scared Mm -hmm. of them, which then you you saw they were friendly, and, you know, all the kids called down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it was cool. So a lot of the new numbers that they wrote for this show was basically just dialogue from the movie that Mm -hmm. they wrote to music. Like, they changed it, obviously, but nothing in any of these acts is different. No. Story-wise. They didn't change anything from the story. The story follows the same things. But instead of, like, instead of them talking about how at the ball, like, what's happening, they're singing it instead. Mm -hmm. So you do get a little bit more of an introduction to the family at first because the chorus sings a whole song about the king and queen and everything at the beginning and introduces the family before do you want to build a snowman and all that. So getting right into it, Disney sets, the sets were huge, the sets were magnificent. There's nothing, I mean... You're not gonna find better sets than Disney. mm Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, if you see a Disney production, you're you're going to get extravagant sets, ex- huge expensive costumes. Yeah. You're getting the bang for your buck because, like I said, Disney charges up the nose for it, but it's worth it. Yeah, because, I mean, when you look at the coronation dresses, they looked copy-pasted from the movie. There mm-hmm. was not nothing out of place because a lot of times when you take something animated and try to make it 3D and real, things don't look the same. I know a lot of people right now on Twitter are complaining about Rachel Zegler's dress that seems to have leaked from Snow White. And people are like, this doesn't even look good. No. Disney theatrical productions, copy-paste, those costumes are perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at that and you're like, that is Anna's dress from the coronation. It's perfect. And skipping ahead, Elsa's dress from Let It Go. Even perfect. better in yeah. person than in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So, the story follows the same thing. I don't feel like we need to recap I don't the either. story of Frozen. Really, to get the story of Frozen, I suggest watching the movie. Because in my opinion, at least, and I'm not knocking the new songs, obviously, I mean, the the Anderson Lopez's are EGOTs. Mm-hmm. So, they know how to write songs. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. In my opinion, though, the best songs are the ones from the movie. Yeah. Maybe because they're the most recognizable and they're the ones that I'm familiar with, but like, Let It Go is the best song in the show. Mm -hmm. One of the things I did like a lot better was how they built up Hans in this show, Mm -hmm. though. Because, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen a movie from 2013, Hans ends up being the bad guy. They built this whole thing, and originally the plot of the movie was that it's based off the story the Ice Queen, Elsa was going to be evil, until the Anderson Lopez's wrote Let It Go, and they were like, shit, we can't have Elsa be evil. That song is way too epic for a villain. Mm -hmm. So they turned it into a story of sisterly love, which I like that they did that instead. The evil Ice Queen was proven not to be evil, and they made it. The happily ever after prince was the bad guy, and I love that. Men are trash. Exactly. You can be (laughs) in the men are trash camp at a young age. But I love that message. It's not that you have to end up with someone, because Elsa does not end up with a guy Mm -hmm. at the end of this show. There's no king. 
I love that message, but I do love how they build up Hans in this production mm-hmm. because he has a whole number, Han of the Southern Isles, throughout Act 1, where they're like, oh my gosh, he's such a helpful guy, and he's just doing this because he loves Anna so much. Like, it's like a big hero number, and the mm-hmm. whole town get, is getting behind this guy because when Anna runs off after Elsa starts freezing things and is getting out of control, Anna runs off to go find Elsa and bring her home. Everyone else is like, F the witch. Like, Anna's going to be queen. We're going to freeze to We're going to freeze to death. And Hans is like, no, we're going to listen to my girlfriend. And everyone's like, what a great boyfriend. Look at that. That's a portive gentleman. And then, yeah. then you find out he is utter trash. Yeah, you find you out know. he's trash. But, like, they build up his character so much to be a hero. Like, you watch the town fall in love with this guy. And for someone who hasn't seen the movie and knows that twist is coming, like, that had to hit hard when he's like, yeah. but if only someone, someone loved, loved you. you. <laughs> so that's a, one thing I really did enjoy better because in the movie they kind of, like, leave and Anna goes off and she meets Kristoff and all that. You don't see him much again until he turns evil. Mm -hmm. I really liked that they showed him earning the trust of the townsfolk. Yeah. And even Lord Wesselton. With the the castle a lot more. Yeah. In the production. I did like that. So like we said, a lot of stuff that they talked about, like Elsa freaking out about having her powers and having to control it. In the movie, it's pretty much just her being like, conceal, don't feel, conceal, don't feel. She has whole songs about it, which the songs are great. They move the plot. Nothing to write home about, though. Mm -hmm. So you get through the first act. Anna meets Kristoff, the reindeer guy who sells ice, and he goes, okay, I'll get you up the mountain. I really did enjoy, they still kept everything with Kristoff and Sven's relationship, even though it was not the animated reindeer who could show emotion, because the puppet that they use for Sven with the guy inside... His face looks the same the it whole time. It looks like a real reindeer. It looks like a real reindeer. There's no cute emotions or like, bah, bah, like in the, yeah. in the movie, like with the big eyes. Uh-huh. And there's none of that in this production. It looks like a real reindeer, but they keep that like bromance between Kristoff mm-hmm. and Sven, which it's very cute. It was really cute. And I'm happy they were able to do yeah. that still because that was one of my favorite things. Like the reindeers are better than people song. I freaking love that song. I identify with it. Yeah. Reindeers are better than people. I'm kidding. But in my case, it's dogs. Dogs yeah, are better, better than, than people. people. So you get to Elsa's ice palace at Let It Go at the end of act one. This is, in my opinion, best part of the show. Absolutely the best part of the show. You get to hear Caroline Bowman sing your freaking face off yeah. to Let It Go. And they do one of the best costume quick mm-hmm. changes, especially since it's on stage. When you think of quick changes, you think of, like, Glinda in Wicked, where she runs off from the bubble dress and is back on 30 seconds later in her shiz uniform. Mm -hmm. A quick change. Or you think of things that happen on stage, like in Phantom of the Opera, when Christine goes from chorus girl to leading lady, and Mm -hmm. they do the costume change on stage, and you can see them dressing her. Mm -hmm. This one takes about 0.3 seconds. You know it's the magic of magnets, but literally when she's like, the pass is in the pass... Let it go. That note where it's like, bum, let bum, it bum, go. Bum, 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 bum. Her entire dress that she has on comes off. The ice dress is under, under it. it. Like, you know, she has to stand in a certain place. If she is one inch off, the costume it's not gonna is work. not going to work. And she could seriously injure herself, probably. Yeah. Like, because that thing gets pulled off with force. It, it looks like, almost like it's a vacuum or something. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They have some sort of vacuum because... I have watched clips of that from the Broadway show with Cassie Levy, and it's all a flat stage on there, and you can see that she gets put into some kind of vacuum on there. Here, they built, like, this pedestal that Mm -hmm. looks like ice. Beautiful. We'll get back to the costume change in a second. The ice palace itself, 
it's all Swarovski crystals. That's how you know this is Disney. They're it's like money. They're like, oh, let's make a curtain and make it Swarovski crystals. Affordable, right? And also, they also they um have a computer screen. So there's there's all these ice effects in the background when Elsa's doing her magic. It goes up the screens that are on the proscenium of the stage as well. So it it looks like the entire stage is covered in ice. Yeah, they use dry ice, but yeah, it's really the Swarovski crystals. You can, like, see them shimmering and glimmering from every angle. It's beautiful. Yeah, and going back on that with the computer effects of Elsa's magic, when she's starting to freak out, she'll touch something and you see the ice radiate. Like, mm-hmm. the computer visuals that they use for Elsa's magic are awesome. You would think, maybe, that they sound cheesy almost. You're like, oh, they're just on a computer screen? It's that magic of Disney, man, and it sounds you like don't really even notice yeah. it's computer screens. No, it sounds like we're sponsored almost, but we are not, like... Yeah. Unless Disney wants to sponsor us, then hey, what's up? <laughs> but yeah, it's also credit to the choreographer and all the actors because they have to be in the exact right spot. Like it's the same thing with a quick change. If Caroline Bowman is two inches off, the effect's going to look cheesy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Yeah. So they built her this pedestal that I'm guessing the vacuum is in, or they have a dresser back under the pedestal or something to grab that off because that quick change is fast and it is phenomenal. Like the whole crowd, even people who are like... Because there's always going to be people with a song like Let It Go that was literally everywhere for a year and a half that you hear the start of Let It Go and you could tell some of the adults in the audience were like, dear God. But yeah, you could see like some of the parents who you know they've been playing that song on repeat since 2013 or just done with it. They sag. But when that costume change happens, it is so quick and it's one of those blink and you miss it kind of things because literally one second she's in one dress and the other second she's in this beautiful, sparkly also covered in Swarovski crystals. Yeah. Outstanding costume. Like Jenny Even said. Her, her shoes are covered in, in glitter and crystals. Yeah. It looks like she's walking on ice. Yeah. Like Jenny said, by far that costume, like it's beautiful in animation, but seeing it move and everything in person, it's, it's one of the best costumes we've seen all year by yeah, far. And once again, just going back to how, how quick the costume changes, she's belting in the middle of this other dress getting ripped off of her as well. Mm-hmm. So it, once again, it's a testament to the actor too. Yeah. So you end on this high of let it go. And one thing that I was really disappointed about, I was like, where was Oaken? Because if you (laughs) have seen the movie, one of the best parts was when Anna and Kristoff are hiking up this mountain with Sven and, you know, yoo-hoo, big summer blowout. And he wasn't in the first act. And I was like, W-T-F. And Jenny's like, it was a really small part, Julie. Like, you need to calm down. I'm like, no. (laughs) Yoo-hoo. They open act two. With Oaken, which I was so excited about. They do a song called Huga, which is a Nordic word. So, like, everything... Huga means what's good. So, like, they're like, oh, a sale on all of our big summer blowout. It's Huga. Yeah. And, like, something bad happens. They're like, not Huga. It was how, like... The coronation was in the summer. That's Huga. Elsa making everything icy. Not Huga. Not Huga. (laughs) One thing that was really weird about this number, though... It was really long. It was. It was super funny and cute for about the first four minutes. It was like, get me to the church on time long. Yeah, it was really long. But similar to get me to the church on time from My Fair Lady, you could tell the cast freaking loved this number. So Oaken had his trading post and also there's a spa next door. And so at parts, his family would come out of the, like the hot spring spa and they were like covered in things and they appeared to be naked under it. And I was just like, this is really weird for, for a Di- Disney show. Well, it was kind of weird in general, but it was really weird for a Disney show. Yeah. Cause like they had towels on and everything, but at the end they all come out and they have leaves like over each other. And like the chorus did a it great was, job yeah, of like it covering was, each other. Like they had bodysuits on. They had bodysuits on. No one was naked. Yeah. 
But it was very, like, a chorus line where they're, like, coming out and they're, like, bah, kick. And they're just covering each other with leaves. And I was, like, there are, like, two-year-olds here. Like, it was really weird for a Disney show. Like, the number was really cute, but it was probably about seven minutes. It was long. It was everything up until they came out with the leaves. I was, like, okay, I can get behind this. But they did, like, a whole dance break and then a chorus line kicked down. That was, like, two and a half minutes long. Yeah, it after a while, it got too long. Again, you could tell the cast loved this number. And that's what made the number great, in my opinion. If they looked like they were over it, I would have been over it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that number was super cute. It opened the show on a place with a character that we hadn't seen yet that you knew people were waiting for, like me. Julie was pumped to see I was so excited. Yoo-hoo, big someone blow up. That's, like, my favorite part of it. I know. It's so I like it, too. I just wasn't disappointed to see her act one. Yeah. You also get a new number for Anna and Elsa with I Can't Lose You, which really deepens their sister mm-hmm. relationship. It's They finally get to the castle in Act 2, so, like, you open when they're still going up the mountain. They get to the thing. They're having this whole thing of, like, you're my sister, and even though we've grown apart, like, I can't lose you. You're my sister, blah, blah, blah. Then all the stuff happens where Elsa accidentally, like, freezes her, and they're like, oh, let's go to the trolls, and you get Fixer Upper, which was done so cute in this show. It was. I really enjoyed it. Because, again, they're not little rock people. They look like the trolls. You got this cool troll costumes back with the lights and everything, and basically from that, like, the whole thing, like, with them putting on, like, the troll wedding gear, yeah. like, happens. It was the super hats. cute. Yeah, it was really cute. I really did like the trolls in this show. They were one of my favorite parts. Um, you do also get a new number from Elsa in Act 2 called Monster, which I really enjoyed. It was mm-hmm. another power ballad for Caroline yep. Bowman, which, you know, I enjoyed. And it's when the guys, like Hans and Lord Wesselton and all them, come and finally which get also, her at the palace. we forgot to mention that in our production, at least, he was in Three Cities. Ryan McCartan was Hans. Yeah. And he... A lot of, you know, people who watch Disney Channel in the in 2010s, he was on mm-hmm. the show Live and Maddie. If you're a real theater geek like us, you know he was the 2011 Jimmy Award winner. The Jimmys are the National High School Theater Music Awards. Yeah, so it's like the Tonys for high school. Basically. So he was the 2011 winner of that. He's been in a couple of Broadway shows. He was, mm-hmm. he was in Heathers and Clueless, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was in Frozen. Like, this is the super tragic thing about the Broadway Frozen. They had done a cast change the week everything shut down. So the new cast of Frozen did maybe, what, two, three shows? Yeah. And then they got shut down and they never went back. Mm-hmm. So, like, how heartbreaking would that be? You yeah. did a role on Broadway, because I know the girl who, I don't remember what her name is, I apologize for this. Sierra Renee? Elsa or no? No, I was going to say the girl who, oh, on it, it was her yeah. Broadway debut. She was debuting on Broadway as the lead of a Disney musical and only got to do it for like two shows. I know she went on tour for a little bit mm-hmm. when the original Anna left in between when the Anna we saw came in. But yeah, so you get this new number for Elsa Monster, which was good. Um, you also get the another about like Hans of the Southern Isles. And that's when you finally see him like, he's bad. He's evil. Yeah, because they're like, oh, Anna's heart is freezing. She needs true love's kiss. So Kristoff, because he does love her, is like, we got to get you back to your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and so you find out that Hans is really the bad guy. Elsa's just trying to protect everyone. And, you know, the whole thing happens. One of the coolest effects of the show, though, was after Hans becomes evil Elsa's escaping because she's like, y'all aren't gonna get me. And they run out onto the frozen lake. Anna's going out to try to save Elsa and to find Kristoff. Kristoff's trying to find Anna to give her true love's kiss. Hans is trying to capture Elsa and Elsa's like, peace, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then Elsa hears Anna, so then she's trying to find Anna as well. Yeah, and so you slowly are watching Anna freeze. 
And they did this in a really, really cool way because they had people on stage with extra white clothing and she would go through a group of people who were acting as like the blizzard. All of the chorus members on stage were dressed in white and you would see them gather around Anna and she'd come out from this big group from the blizzard, a part of it, and she'd have more and more white clothing on and her hair was steadily turning whiter. Mm -hmm. So you could tell they had costume pieces and things that they were putting on her. But by the end of it, she was completely white. And she had frozen, you know, she's like standing there with her arm out because she's reaching for Elsa. And she makes the one, like the first piece and then all of the other ensemble members gather around her like she's frozen into a big block. They like do the same poses or just so, yeah, it looks like she's a giant block of ice. It was awesome. Yeah, it looked really cool, especially because there's no computer in that. Mm-hmm. That's all just the actors and their bodies. And their bodies. Yeah. So, you know, Hans tries to kill Elsa, Anna stops him, and she freezes to death, and the act of true love that brings Anna back is Elsa crying and saying that she loves her sister, and mm-hmm. that unfreezes Anna's frozen heart happily ever after. Again, like, this was a Disney show. You knew how it was going to go, because everyone on Earth has seen that movie. They added in really cute things, and they made the visuals so exciting to look at that, like, I felt fulfilled when I left the theater, even though there was really, besides adding a couple songs, there was nothing new to the story, but they did a really good job translating it from screen to stage. They did. This was a really good screen to stage adaptation. When you look at something like if you're following theater right now, there's a Devil Wears Prada musical that Elton John helped write. So you think like, oh my gosh, Elton John's involved with this. He wrote Aida for Disney as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, someone who's has a track record of doing really successful things on Broadway, it's not getting good reviews. Elton John has already come out and said, this is not going to Broadway yet because it's not ready to go to Broadway. It's not, it's not good enough. So you look at something like that and they had to find people individually to back a screen to stage adaptation of The Devil Wears Prada, Mm -hmm. which is based off a book. So it's gone through several adaptations already. This is a Disney run, Disney produced movie becoming a Disney run, Disney produced musical. It's all in house, but it's all in house. They don't have to buy extra rights to anything. And they literally can be like, while making the movie, because the producer even said, we were thinking of making this a musical before the movie even came out. Mm -hmm. They can go back and change things from the movie to be like, we could never put that on stage. Doing all of this in-house allows Disney to do these big, gigantic shows that look so visually stunning that leave adult audience members at a kiss show being like, wow, that was great. Yeah. Because that's what happened here. You can hate Disney. You can hate what they stand for. They put on a damn good production. They do. So, yeah. I mean, overall... Fun night at the theater. I think visually so too. stunning. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, this was one of the better shows we saw this season. But yeah, it, it was really good. Like if it if it comes back around or at any of the you know nearby cities that have Broadway productions, I would a hundred percent say Frozen is worth your money. Yeah, absolutely recommend it if it's coming to a city near you or if you're listening in this area. If it comes back, I would get a ticket because I know it just left yesterday. Yeah. So. Like we said, next episode is going to be our season finale, our recap, our recap and reviews. We're going to, you know, rank some stuff. We're going to talk about what shows were great, what shows we wanted some more from, all that good stuff. Hit us up on social media. Our Twitter is at TwinsOnTour1. Our Instagram is the.twins.on.tour1. Our TikTok is at TwinsOnTour1. And you can see us on Facebook. Yeah, the Twins on Tour Tour podcast. podcast. You can listen to our podcast there as well. Awesome. Well, I'm Julie Book. I'm Jenny Bradley. And this is the The Twins Twins on on Tour Tour podcast. podcast. Thanks. I can hear you breathing. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> brainy, brainy. First Broadway show. Why are you Why crying? Am I crying? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, Jimmy. edit that out. It's it's a good memory though. It, is. it was cool because there were a lot of kids. That there were a lot of us, kids. and they were so excited.